the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We welcome you in on a President's Day. I'm Bruce Hooley. This is the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. You can watch the show on the 9890 Answer Facebook page, on the Bruce Hooley Show Facebook page, or on any of my personal Facebook pages, LinkedIn, Twitter. You'll find it out there, and we appreciate it. Some of the platforms stream it for the first hour. Those are my personal platforms. The others stream it the entire show. You can always catch the podcast at 9890answer.com. Click on Listen, click on Shows, and you will find it. Uh, Joe Biden visited East Palestine, Ohio on Friday after our show ended. He drank tap water. Oh, the epitome of courage. And coffee brewed with tap water. Who says this guy's not with it? Who says this guy doesn't have the energy to be president? I mean, a man is drinking tap water. Wow. The epitome of valor right there. And now he said, we're not going home no matter what until this job is done and it's not done yet. And then he beat a hasty retreat out of there so he could go to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware and vacation over the weekend. So I think he speaking collectively, we, not, not as if he is a part of we, because, of course, it took him more than a year to get there, and it took only uh, a few weeks for Donald Trump to get there. Also Friday, after our show ended, we had a, I guess, second mistrial declared in the murder trial of former Franklin County Sheriff's Deputy Jason Mead. The judge pulled a fake-a-rooney early in the day, said, I declare a mistrial. And then he said, no, no, you guys, you jurors, go back in the room, even though you're out of alternates, even though I've allowed a surprise last-minute witness for the prosecution who was watching the trial, commenting on the trial on Facebook. And then was a Johnny-come-lately telling us what he saw the day Casey Goodson was shot by Jason Mead. The judge said, I declare a mistrial. Nope, go back in there and keep deliberating. And then later in the afternoon, he declared a mistrial again. Now, the question about Jason Meade from here on out is, will he be tried again? I mean, the prosecution has already tried once. They got the benefit of every single possible benefit of the doubt from the judge that they could get. And they couldn't get a verdict. And there are a lot of curiosities, like why do you go through all four alternates that you have in the first, what, two, three days of deliberations. They had to keep starting over and starting over and starting over. Will Jason Meade be tried again? Well, last night in Columbus at Thompson Park on the north side, the Columbus Dispatch, Danae King reports, 100 people showed up at Thompson Park on the north side to uh, protest and call for the retrial of Deputy Jason Meade. 
Now, I'll get into why I think it's a bad idea to let mobs make decisions like this. But first of all, what does it say in our culture today that a white law enforcement officer who shot and killed a black man, and nobody doubts that, you know, Jason Mead is white, nobody doubts that Casey Goodson is a 23-year-old black man, and nobody doubts that Mead shot Goodson. What is at issue is whether Mead was justified in doing so, because his version of events that day is that Casey Goodson was waving a gun around, and when Mead followed him, because you can't have 23-year-olds waving guns around as they drive through the city of Columbus, or in this case, the neighborhood of Linden, where guns are all too common, was Mead justified? And in a climate where a white officer is charged with killing a young black man, let me just say that I'm surprised you could get only 100 people to show up on a Sunday night. Now, this is not Friday night. This was not the night of the mistrial. Friday night when the snow hit right at 5 o'clock rush hour and you couldn't get anywhere in town. By the way, shout out to you two foolish, idiot semi-drivers who decided it'd be a good idea to go tandem side-by-side on the exit ramp at 23 North, which is a one-lane exit ramp, and you held all the rest of us up for hours and hours and hours trying to get to 23. But it wasn't that night. It wasn't cold, snowy, nasty, can't-stand-to-be-out Friday night. It was chilly, cold, yet nevertheless clear, and certainly not an impediment to getting to Thompson Park Sunday night when only 100 people showed up. Now, the decision on whether to charge Jason Mead or not should be made solely on whether you think in the prosecutor's office, and we know how they think, they don't stand by their cops ever in the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office, nor in the Columbus City Law Director's Office. But the decision should be made solely upon whether Jason Mead is reasonably guilty of not being justified in his actions toward Casey Goodson. Not on the word of the day, kids, paucity, which means few people who showed up to protest this. If you're at the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office, and we know you are, wetting your finger and holding it up to the wind going, well, what if we don't prosecute? Are we going to get a bunch of pushback? Well, you're going to get letters. That much is clear from this story in the dispatch. But my guess is if you only get 100 people, probably that's initial outrage and mustering up sympathy for Casey Goodson. And nobody's happy Casey Goodson died. But at issue is, did Casey Goodson act in a manner that caused Jason Mead to justifiably shoot him? And obviously, the jury had a hard time agreeing with the prosecution. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had a mistrial. We have mistrials because jurors can't reach a verdict. And we have mistrials in this instance really quick in their deliberations because it became clear that some number of jurors, and we don't know how many, were locked in on no, Meade was not justified. And we have some number of jurors locked in on no, he was justified. And there was no bridge to be built between the two, no convincing it could happen. And so the judge reluctantly, obviously, declared a mistrial. So they'd have to start all over again. But the 100 people who gathered, um, let me just give you a cross-section of 
some of them. One of them is a guy named Raymond Obi, executive director of Justice, Unity, and Social Transformation. He was an organizer of the event, and he said, that's why we came out here today to say the system is failing us. This might shock you as a listener to the Bruce Hooley Show to know that I 1,000% agree with Raymond Obi, executive director of the Justice, Unity, and Social Transformation Initiative. The system is failing you, but not in the way you think. The system is not failing you because, of course, you are swallowing hook, line, and sinker, the tired lie that cops are out unjustifiably hunting down and shooting young black men. The system is failing you because, number one, the system, the Columbus Dispatch is part of that system. We're going to get a lot of stories about Jason Mead and how Jason Mead should be charged again and community organizers, you know, and their shrill protests about Jason Mead. You know what we're not going to get in the Columbus Dispatch, even though I challenged him today on social media to do it? What you're not going to get on the Columbus Dispatch is any backstory, and I would find this interesting. Would you find this interesting? What kind of effort was marshaled in the aftermath of the Amber Alert issued for the young five-year-old child who was killed by his foster mom. Now, I bring this up only because it has to be brought up for apples-to-apples comparison here. But there we have a five-year-old young black child killed by, allegedly, she's charged with murdering this child, the black foster mom. Would anybody find it interesting to know what kind of resources the Columbus Police Department marshaled to try to find the young child? Would you be interested to know? Because I know, because I've actually like done what the Columbus Dispatch should do, is I've researched this through my police sources to find out that <clears throat> there were police officers who worked 36 hours straight, desperately trying to find this young child. Did you know that one of the higher-ups in the Columbus Division of Police, and I can't give his title because I don't want to give away who he is exactly because I don't have his permission, but did you know that it was not like a street officer who crawled down into the sewer where this foster mother placed the boy, or at least that's what she told police she did. Would you like to know, like, who that officer was, what his rank was, what his race was? I would like to know that. I do know that. And I know you won't find it out from the Columbus Dispatch because they won't bother to report it because it doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative of Raymond Obi, executive director of Justice, Unity, and Social Transformation. Nor does it fit the narrative of Emily Cole with the Action Fund of Ohio Families Unite Against Police Brutality. Because they will say they will dismiss that. Well, those guys who were working 36 hours, that's their job. They're just doing their job. Maybe Jason Mead was doing his job, too. Certainly looks like that from the evidence in the case. So I was updating you on segment number one about a protest last night, Thompson Park Northside, 100 people from various uh, social justice groups to protest the mistrial in the murder trial of former Sheriff's Deputy Jason Mead. Will they try him again? Well, these people definitely want that. But 
a mob's hopes are not a reason to prosecute someone again. And certainly if they couldn't convict Jason Meade the first time and there were complete opposite viewpoints on the jury, otherwise the judge would not have declared a mistrial in the first full day of deliberations from, what, the fourth different jury because of alternates replacing people on the jury who were, for some reason or other, disqualified from serving. Then I think it shows they're going to have a hard time. But what I want to get into is this this first comment in the story today in the dispatch from a gentleman by the name of Raymond Obi, Executive Director of Justice, Unity, and Social Transformation, one of the organizers of the event, and he wants to see Jason Meade prosecuted. And he said... We came out here today to say the system is failing us. And I said, he's right. The system is failing us. Not the police system. The whole, like, attitude toward crime and what politicians emphasize and the insinuations and the outright accusations. The system is failing you, Raymond Obi, because I have names in my head of young black boys and girls who have been murdered in this city over the last three years, who no one is gathering to protest the fact that people know stuff about these murders and won't say anything. Olivia Kurtz shot, what, almost three years ago, 16 years old, Bicentennial Park, going to a party. Was the party unauthorized? Yeah, doesn't matter. Shouldn't die for going to a party. Micaiah Bryant shot at a squirt gun party on a far east side city park. Um, Amira Truss shot in the head by her boyfriend. Now, obviously, they know who did that one. But how many of these cases are unsolved? Are you leaning on Zach Klein? Are you leaning on the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office to bring charges in these cases? You know, you're protesting the death of Casey Goodson. Why are you not asking the question why Casey Goodson's 23 years old and feels like he has to have a gun to live in Linden and feel safe? The system's failing you. You're allowing it to fail you by protesting a narrative that's convenient that has shown that since the George Floyd riots when defund police became a thing, crime has skyrocketed. All over America, not just here in Columbus, Ohio. <clears throat> you remember uh, a guy, 18 years old, named Marshawn Davis? No, you probably don't remember Marshawn Davis. I remember Marshawn Davis. Two years ago, almost to this exact day, on February 18th, Marshawn Davis was minding his own business. Standing inside of Roosters on 161. The restaurant's closed now. Why? Too violent. They don't want to do business over there anymore. Marshawn Davis standing inside the Roosters. Gun down. Guy opens the door. Shot him. Right there in front of everybody waiting to eat dinner at a Roosters. You shouldn't get murdered when you go to a sports bar trying to get some wings and a beer. Is there a protest for Marshawn Davis? Hey, it's been. You could have. Mr. Obi, Mr. or excuse me, Ms. Emily Cole with Action Fund of Ohio Families Unite Against Police Brutality. Sunday, the actual two-year anniversary of Marshawn Davis's murder, 
Might have been a good time for you to at least at least throw him in with Casey Goodson. I mean, they got a lot in common. Goodson's 23. Marshawn Davis was, tw- was 18. Young black men. Now, uh, the problem is Marshawn Davis doesn't fit the narrative. He wasn't shot by a Columbus police officer because Marshawn Davis wasn't brandishing a gun, which they found, by the way, under Casey Goodson's body. Marshawn Davis is a guy who's, you know, he's not, he's not useful to your cause. Which is really kind of a shame that you don't care enough, actually care enough. What, what happens more often, Raymond Obi? What happens more often, Emily Cole, that a black person in Columbus is shot by a police officer unjustifiably? Or that a black person is shot and killed and that it's unsolved. What happens more often? It's at least 25 to 1 that the latter happens more often. And yet I never see a protest. You know who I see? You know who I hear from after these things happen? And it's sad. The only people who bring it back up are the families. Makai Bryant's family, every year, they host something. They talk about Makai Bryant and how much she loved. Excuse me. uh, Excuse me. It's not. uh, No, Makai Bryant was the um, Mackenzie Ridley. I got Makai Bryant and Mackenzie Ridley. Makai Bryant was the girl who threatened another girl with a knife and was shot by a Columbus police officer. So she's a hero, right? Because she was threatening somebody with a knife. Mackenzie Ridley is the girl who was shot at the squirt gun party on the east side. And every year, only Mackenzie Ridley's family is the one who reminds us with photos of Mackenzie Ridley what an unbelievably captivating smile she had. The only ones who remind us of what an entrepreneurial mind she had. The only ones who remind us how she loved the color orange. They're the only ones. Like you in the justice community, you let these... Anniversaries pass unrecognized. They mean nothing to you. They certainly don't offer you the opportunity to gripe about violence in the inner city, which you insinuate is done randomly and wantonly by Columbus police officers. But then when you have a little five-year-old boy who's apparently killed by his mother and stuffed down a storm drain... And Columbus police marshal every single force that they have and upper level management officers are going without sleep for a day and a half and crawling down the sewer to find this kid. You can't even write a letter thanking him. And the Columbus dispatch can't break loose somebody to write about what went into trying to find this young man. See, I'll... Defend your right to protest all day long. I disagree with what you're protesting, but I'll defend it. But I just wonder, why does one bother you and not the other? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.